days, having versatile clothing you can wear anywhere is a must. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits into your life and is made to last. Plus, with an impressive selection of staples to choose from, there's something for everyone. And it's all made right here in the USA. Find your new wardrobe staples at American-Giant.com. And get 20% off your first order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code WA23. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. We are back and we are in the same position we were throughout the whole of 2021. Essentially from where we stopped at the end of the Sri Lanka tour, we're just there. We're just continuing along this same path of just poor cricket, poor execution. And I tell you what, if that ball moves an iota, we are going to be in a struggling position. And that is exactly what has happened here against the West Indies. We've come off two good test matches. I think you could say good. We we scored runs, but the pitches were flat. We bowled, but the pitches were flat. So you can't look at it and go, you know what? The first two test matches, we batted well, but bowled poorly. Both teams were in the same position where the ball wasn't doing a lot and back batting was relatively easy. And we get into a sense of optimism and security going, you know what, we've we've fixed all these problems that's been going on. Zach Crawley is the second coming of Graham Gooch. Well, we're okay. Let me tell you, we're still not okay. We're still in a really, really poor position. The third test has been and gone and uh, we are looking, we have lost yet another test series, which is very, very unfortunate. But one playing against a West Indies team quite far down the rankings who have performed really well throughout the series, won some really big moments. England are going to ruin and go, this isn't great. So welcome to the podcast. Like, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you are listening. There's normally two of us on the pod. Rich is a bit under the weather at the moment. Hopefully, Touchwood COVID-free, but we'll welcome him back next time. And you know what? He's probably Mr. Gooden here because this has got the ability to just go off. And I just want to spurt some numbers at you to start with, because we know 2021 was a poor year for English cricket, not just result-wise, but inept batting, top to bottom, top six really let themselves down. We were poor at the opening position. I think it was 54 ducks in a test calendar year. How do you even get 54 ducks in a test calendar year? That's incredible. To go and set records in a game that's been around for 130 years, you have got to be on a different level sort of crap to be able to go and do that. And that's what we went and achieved. And that was after a Sri Lanka series where we averaged over 40 in the first first tour of the series. So interesting times. But out of every time, and so I've gone back to 2012, and I've taken out all the good stuff. And I've just tried to narrow it down to what happens when we get bowled out. Because, you know, the majority of time in Test cricket, you are going to get bowled out. And 2012, we were still a pretty decent team. When we got bowled out, our average was 305 was the score. So this is one, two, three, fourth in ends of the match, whenever you want it to be. That's pretty good. We scored less than 206 times. And we scored less than 229% of the times that we uh, we got bowled out. Now, the problem is when you start flowing through this, it ebbs and flows, it ebbs and flows. You get to 2019 and we this is where we start to hit an issue. We got bowled out less than 209 times that year, an average score of 237 when being bowled out. So 45% of the time we're getting cleaned up for less than 200. You know, you're not going to win many test matches when, when that's how you're batting. 2020, and we have a lift. We beat the West Indies and Pakistan at home during a COVID-ravaged time, pre-vaccines. 2021, 234 first 
234 runs was the average score we made when being cleaned up. But 50% of the time, we got bowled out 26 times. 13 of those times was less than 200. Again, how many games of cricket do you expect to win? How much pressure on the game do you expect to give your spinner the chance to go and execute with runs on the board? Not very many. And 2022, we're averaging 206. So that's a low out of the 2012 to 2020. We're averaging 206 when being bowled out. And when we get bowled out, 50% of the time, it is less than 200. That's the situation we're in. So it's all well and good we've gone and scored a load of runs. And it is positive to see England score runs in these first two tests. But this was different. This was a pitch that offered a little bit for the bowlers. And the bowlers absolutely cashed in throughout. The first innings was one of the most remarkable innings that I've ever seen. You know, we're getting absolutely rinsed here. We're 5 for 53 was 6 for 53, 7 for 67, 8 for 90, 114 for 9, and we somehow get over 200. So to break that down, I have been quite critical, I'm starting from the top, of Zach Crawley as a test match opener. Going hard at the ball doesn't always move his feet. The back comes down at his angle. Tim Southey sorted him out in 2021. And it's been an inconsistent series. He was beautiful for that 100. And it was beautiful when he played in Oz and he came back in and he looks great on the drive, good against the short ball. But that is is the downfall at the moment. He goes so hard at the ball. He's going harder than, than my mum did with a wooden spoon when I was a little bugger as a kid. He is going that hard at the ball and nicking off early doors. It looks great when it goes to the boundary, but when it doesn't, we find ourselves in this position. And he went early doors, which wins Joe Root in. Joe Root nicks off. If Joe Root's going to get out, how's he going to get out? He's going to nick off early doors. Carl Mars was having an absolute worldie of a day. Two for 13 from 10 overs in this innings for him. Dan Lawrence didn't back up his last test match. And this is the worry about Lawrence. I like him. I like, I like his attitude towards the game. I like how he attacks the bowling. Here he went for eight early doors. Ben Stokes went as a, a mosquito or a moth. Something landed on my nose. Ben Stokes goes early doors. Johnny Bairstow goes early doors. Ben Folks go early doors. And if you're there as an England fan, you're just like, I've seen this. I have seen this script play out time and time again. And all the top six, minus Alex Lees, who's come out with some credit of, you know, just a little bit of gumption, a little bit of backbone thrown into this test match from him. And he's probably the only guy that failed during those first two test matches with 204 all out. And that 204, let's be honest, is an absolute miracle. We were nine for 114 off 53 overs, and we batted through to 89 overs. That's 30 overs of Jack Leach and Saqib Mahmood showing some gumption, strapping a box on and say, hey, you're going over me on my dead body, mate. I'm not going to throw my wicket away. I'm not just going to nick off. I'm just going to bat and bat and bat and grind, because the only way we're going to win this game is if we bat time. We're just Who would have thought it? Who would have thought batting first, batting time, get through the difficult new ball, and then it might settle down a little bit. And that's what we saw here. You know, Jack, 10, 11, were able to go and score some decent runs. So they gave us a just a significant grounding to have a conversation about winning a game of cricket. 200's fine. Like, you can win a game of cricket with 200, especially when you get to see the other team bat first. And when we saw the other team bat first, we saw... 297 off 116 overs in a an innings that kind of ran the same sort of course. They started off okay. John Campbell looked pretty good, but he's looked okay at times in this series, but he's not 
gone on and get got a big score. Brathwaite went, Brooks went, Bonner went, Blackwood went, Jason Holder went to a horrendous shot. And all of a sudden, we've got them five down. We've got them six down for 95, and they're in the same position. Difference being, their 9, 10, 11 all stuck around, and that's fine because we can say we did. We had Jack Leach and Saki Mahmood do a wonderful job. Chris Woke stuck around for a little bit. But Joshua De Silva is a wicketkeeper batsman. They were bowlers doing the best of their ability. Joshua De Silva is a young guy, 23 years old, test match cricket, former Wimbledon player down in, not tennis, not tennis Wimbledon, but former Wimbledon player down in those leagues. And he managed to get his first test match century to go along with 350s that he scored, an average of 32, strike rate of 36. So it's not like Rishabh Pant going, I'm going to score at 40, 50, 60 strike rate. No, he's batting down the order. And he has done an absolute remarkable job for his team. He batted through day two, got his 100 on day three, 100 not out. But what is that worth? Like when you really look at it, England were 204 all out. West Indies, 297. England, 120 not out. And Joshua De Silva has scored 100 not out, 257 balls, 10 50s, 38 strike rate. No one else. No one else even got near scoring 50 in this. Well, that's a lie because 10 and 11 did for England. Saki Mamou got 49. But no one's got near scoring 100. The top six has been absolute diabolical in this test match for both sides. But how powerful is that knock for them? And how good is it for a West Indies team to look at it and go, you know what, Craig Brathwaite's looking like a a world-class player now. He's getting to that level. And we've seen some consistency from their middle order on those wickets where it wasn't doing a lot. But then to have De Silva coming in at number eight, which is, you know, if, if he shows this level of quality, seven, possibly a six down the road. But I don't think you kind of want to push your luck. Sometimes you go, cool, we've got a good wicket keeper. He does his job well. He's scoring runs down the order. Let him play that role. Because someone who can play that role at number seven or number eight is worth their weight in gold to the team. How many times did you see it in the Aussies teams when England were competing with them? We'll get them five down for 180, 200. Who comes in? Brad Haddon. Every single time, 30, 40, 50, 60, scoring runs down the order, changing the momentum and changing the conversation around who's actually in charge of this game. England come back in. Wait, 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 wait. England don't come back in. Chris Wokes got three wickets. Let's not let Chris Wokes off the hook. Chris Wokes did not bowl very good. He's not bowled very good all series. I don't think anyone can hold the hand up and go, Chris Wokes has been brilliant. He's got a strike rate of 112. I know we've talked about it being batter-friendly wickets, but five wickets in the series isn't that great. And when you put in the same conversation, Kamar Roach got 11 wickets at an average of 26, and Wokes got five wickets at an average of 48, they're doing the same role. They're opening the bowling on similar wickets in similar conditions, especially those first two day, first two test pitches. The pitch didn't deteriorate at a significant rate to go, oh, it's, this is way easier in the third innings. No, we didn't see that. So again, it just goes to show how well they've performed and how poorly we have. And we ran a poll on Craig Overton. I'm coming for you, Craig here. We ran a poll on Twitter and 89% of people, and I think that means that one person said yes, thought that Craig Overton was a test match quality cricketer. I think what we've seen from Craig Overton is 
Not a lot. I don't think he's given a very good account of himself because if you think of what you think of Craig Overton, you, the, the, there is a chance that you could think, oh, you know what? He could fall into that Chris Wokes mold where he's a, a good bowler at home, but he also can bat a bit and give you some runs down at eight and nine. And we didn't really see that from Craig Overton all series, unfortunately. He didn't add anything with the bat. 15 runs at an average of five. And his bowling, well, you've got to go further down the list. Four wickets at an average of 47. Strike rate of 97. What have you done for your stock, son? What have you done for your stock as an international cricketer? All you've made me do, rightly or wrongly at the moment, is label you as a guy that could be quite good in England. Could be. But at the moment, not quite sure what we've got. Saqib Mahmood's given a good account of himself. I think he's probably surprised people that he's not quicker, but his ability to move the ball during those middle overs is absolutely vital and gave really good control. 24 overs, 2 for 45, 1.87 economy rate. Ben Stokes, I think we can look at this series and say, hey, Ben Stokes has been pretty good, 2 for 48 here. And Jack Leach, I think there's such a call for Matt Parkinson to be in this team. I think what I've seen during this series is, one, I do want to see Matt Parkinson because I rate Matt Parkinson. When was the last time we had an English leg spinner coming through over a three, four-year period in county cricket has got 100 wickets and averages 20 on county cricket wickets? It just doesn't happen. It's like it's just a, such a rich man's Ian Salisbury. It's unreal. But Jack Leach is the one that everyone's going, we've got to get rid of. Jack Leach has added a lot to this team. He's scored runs. He's batted time. And he's actually bowled pretty decent at times as well. So England come out to bat. They're staring down stand the gun. So 297 plays, 204. It's a 93-run lead. And automatically, we're in trouble. Zach Crawley plays a couple of rasping drives before he nicks off. Joe Root nicks off. Dan Lawrence is cleaned up shoulder and arms. It's very reminiscent of how Joe Root, I think it was in the first innings of the first test, got out to Kimar Roach. Big shoulder and arms, and the ball just slightly clips it. Ben Stokes, a little bit unlucky to get caught behind. Just kind of like, get your bat out of the way, son. You don't need to be playing at those. Johnny Bairstow offers some resistance, gets out for 22. Now, Bairstow's had a really, really good 2022 so far. So you can't really start laying into Bairstow because he's been one of the most consistent performers. But this is where my problem comes in. We've all wanted Ben Folks as wicketkeeper because we know he's a better wicketkeeper than Joss Butler. And that, that's just a given. He is a better gloveman. But what we saw, we've seen a couple of drop catches, which happens as a keeper from time to time. But other than the initial first innings, in batter friendly conditions, I've not seen a lot. And I liked his impetus about trying to run two here. But at the same time, you've rang yourself out and you've put the team in a really difficult position. And he doesn't need me to tell him that. This guy's a professional cricketer. He's been doing it for years. But running yourself out when you've not had a great series with the bat doesn't really help you anything, any any great deal. He's averaged 19, less than 100 runs in the series. And we had a test match where England declared twice. It was that bad of friendly conditions. It was bad of friendly conditions for two tests. Keep going back to it. 96 runs, an average of 20. Isn't quite going to do it. Chris Wokes hung around a little bit. Alex Lees added another 30-odd to his name before. You know, a little bit unlucky. He got one that kept low. But... And I think I spoke about it after the first test going, are we seeing something with bowlers bowling around the wicket to Alex Lees where they really think they've, you know, they've sort of got his number going on a little bit here. Lees ended it with 126 runs at 21 in this series. 
is that any better from where we was when we had two really good batting wickets? No, it's probably not. I'm a, I'm a word. No, I'm probably not. You've got to give people time. You've got to give openers time. My only thought around it is, one, he's going to go back. He should get the the nod to play against New Zealand in the first test match in England, and that's fine. You know, we should give people time. There's a few ways to look at that. One, you could turn around and say, batting's harder in England. And if New Zealand come out with Jameson, Wagner, Bolt, Southie, if all fit and available, could be a difficult time. Likewise, the guy scored a lot of runs at Yorkshire, the, the Riverside, which are difficult places to bat. So might be might be more to him. And, you know, the bottom end of the innings kind of fell away and we got cleaned up pretty quick on day four, I think it was in the morning or day three. Either way, it was it was pretty, it was just, just a rollover sort of moment. But you've got to give props. You've got to give props to the, the ability of Kamar Roach, who I think is an absolutely fantastic cricketer and just a wonderful bowler. Jaden Seals is someone who's taken wickets in this series, which is, is quite interesting because when you watched him bowl, he was quite erratic in that first test match. There was huge amounts of swing and huge upsides to his bowling. But he was erratic with where he can bowl. But he keeps picking up wickets, 11 wickets at 26. Roach, 11 wickets at 26 as well. It's it's a fantastic performance by the team. But Kyle Myers, who I almost want to go into a Marshall Mathers song. I don't know why. I've no idea why. 1.05 economy rate. 5 for 18 has been absolutely brilliant. Just came in for this test match. Seven wickets at an average of four. That's like Scotty Boland sort of impact coming in. Five for 18, blows England away. And what what are we left with? West Indies needing 28 runs to win. They knock them off really easy. And it's yet another English test match defeat. It's yet another English series defeat. And what what does that leave you feeling as, as an England fan? Like, we've competed. We scored 311 in the first test and 349 for six declared. We declared twice in the second test match. So three innings out of six, 50% of the time in this series, we've declared. Yet we've lost because we've been bowled out for 204 and 120 when the ball starts to move. That, to me, tells us that as an English red ball team, we're no further along than where we were last year and there's still a lot of work to do. And for the positives we saw when we scored runs on flat decks, great. But as soon as it moved around, we've still not learned anything else. And I think we should break down this English performance. And <laughs> what it's not a case of going, who do we think safe? But it's a case of, what do we think? So starting off the bat, right. Let's start with openers. Zach Crawley has averaged 30 in this series. 30 is a good average. It's slightly below test match averages across the world, but he's playing in West Indies where runs, you know, I know we've scored declared three times and it's been run fest, but generally people average a little bit less in the West Indies than they do elsewhere in the world at the moment. But 184 runs. The fact is when you take out that initial century, and I don't like doing that to players because they've earned that. But from the next five innings, he scored 60 runs and that average comes down. And I feel I don't know anything more about Zach Crawley as a test match opener than I did over the course of the last year when he said, oh, I averaged 10, but not all averages are even. Sorry, mate, you scored 100 runs, you got out 10 times, your average is 10. Here you've scored 184 runs, 
you've got out six times your average is 30. That's that's the way cricket works. You can't pick and choose which ones are good and bad, mate. But I don't feel I know anything more. I don't feel I've seen anything where I go, oh, you know what? He can grind it out. Yeah, you know what? He's going to be all right. I, what I've seen, Pakistan, 2020, and then 2021 is someone that can score big, score well, look great, but he's going to get out early. And I've seen exactly the same here. Alex Lees, I don't, Alex Lees is, is really interesting because, you know, we slated Dom Sibley. We slated him. And yes, his technique was awful and it looks like he's going to end on a lot of work on that. But in terms of just sheer weight of runs, Dom Sibley was an absolute machine in county cricket. Came into test matches at a strike rate of about 33, which is very, very low. But we saw Hasib Hamid score less than that, score less runs than that, and at a lesser rate in Australia. And we've seen Alex Lees do the same here. Average 21, strike rate of 27, a highest of 31. What I saw from Lees a lot is that he's, he's stuck. He's stuck and he's not rotating the strike. You remember when Hasib Hamid came in to bat with Rory Burns against India for the first time? It was the first time in a long time I saw openers rotating the strike. And just going, yeah, one, yeah, one, right, left-hand combination. Let's put pressure on the bowlers without being reckless. We don't need to go 4-4-4. We don't need to do these things. There's one here. There's one there. And all of a sudden, you're ticking over. You've batted 10 overs. The score's 25. It's a different game. You're up to 20 You're up to twenty runs as a batsman, and you've not done anything. And I'd like to see that. Lees will get more time. But Crawley, I'd probably give a five on the series, which maybe a six. I'm just disappointed that I didn't see anything after that century, which is like it was against Pakistan. I was disappointed I didn't see something after that. And Alex Lee's probably a couple less, probably a four of a four. Averaging 21 as an opener is not quite good enough, but I've seen enough there to go, let's give him another go. But I'm not quite sure where his scoring runs are, where his strong areas are yet. And I want to see that. I want to see, I want to see him back a few sessions, get a score. And he's probably that guy where when he gets a score, he's in. Confidence level is going to rise. Joe Root at three, 289 runs, two centuries, average of 48. The only player in the series with two centuries, eight, nine. Like talking the batter here, you're talking an exceptional player who's done average 48. You know, <laughs> England have averaged, I think it's 32 with the bat in this series. Um, he's, he's average 48. He's just head and shoulders above anything else that steps on this field for England time and time again. Absolute world-class. Dan Lawrence, 197 runs, average of 32, 150. You can't always see bad weather coming, so it's essential that you're able to see through it when you drive. Michelin wiper blades with advanced technology hug your windshield like a Michelin tire hugs the road, channeling away water, snow, and ice so you can see clearly, drive confidently, and breathe easy. Michelin Wiper Performance, clearer than ever. Upgrade to Michelin Premium Wipers today at Walmart, Amazon, and other fine retailers. But there was some more interesting knocks in there. Now, the interesting thing about this, he's got a strike rate of 65, which is great to see. But again, first two test matches when he scored runs, there was a good base. Joe Root was scoring a lot of runs during that time. Zach Crawley scored 100. Lee's batted sometime, so it's it's a good platform for a player like him to come in. And he batted at four for Essex predominantly most of the time. So I can see why they've gone to four for him. I I give him a pass, like five, five or a six. 
you know, he's averaged more than Zach Crawley without getting a century, but he threw away a 90 in the last over of the day. So I think you're, you're looking the same sort of thing, but you've not answered the questions going, and is he your test until you get through a summer in England where he's going to play half of his test matches each year? You want to see how he goes in, in those conditions. Ben Stokes, 194 runs, 32 average. He scored that incredible century where he went absolute nuts. Seven wickets at 26 with an economy of 1.89. This has been a great series. This has been a great series. I'm, I'm going eight for Stokes here. His bowling is looking really, really strong. He's looking back to where he used to be in terms of his bowling. The pace is slightly up. The consistency is there. And he doesn't look injured. How good does it see Stokes actually filling in the role rather than having him bowling halfway down in Australia time and time again? Um and his batting was great. You know, he, he failed in the third test, but he looked disappointed because there were some strange dismissals going on there. I'm going to come to Joe Root's captaincy. I just realised I didn't touch on his captaincy. I'm coming back to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> six, Bairstow, 226 runs at an average of 45. Seven, there's one century in there. There's a duck in there. He kind of fell away towards the end, but Bairstow, second best batsman in this England team at the moment, looking really, really strong. Nailed on for a run through the summer, which is quite incredible. You know, we talk about Bairstow being sneaky old in this England team. He's 32 and a half years old, but he's also 83 test matches down in his in his career. Eight centuries to his name. There's every chance by the time we finish the summer um, or finish the next year of cricket, that man's at 100 test matches, which is a phenomenal effort for a guy that's been messed around quite a lot. Ben Folkes' wicketkeeper. I spoke about him, 96 runs, average of 19. His wicketkeeping wasn't as elite as I thought it would be. It really, really wasn't. I expected a significant increase from Josh Butler. I saw an increase, but maybe not quite as much as what I thought. And other than that 42 he scored in the first innings of the first test, we've really not seen a lot from him. So I'm going to give him a four. I I just, you know, I might be quite critical in some of these ratings, but I just think you need clarity around what's good and what's not. And if our wicketkeeper is averaging 19 and his wicketkeeping isn't to the highest of qualities, then you need to think about what what you're after. And that's where we got into the whole conversation with Joss Butler. His keeping wasn't very good, but you thought he could add more value in terms of runs. But folks, is the right guy. He's the right guy for the job. He needs time. And he needs, like anyone, he needs people to believe in him. And less people like me going, well, that's not good enough. He knows that's not good enough. We just need to see him get a few more runs, have a good run in the summer, keep in England where you're confident about how you go about your business. And I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine. Bowlers. Saqib Mahmood, six wickets at 22 from two test matches. Strike rate of 61, which is the best from an England bowler. You know what? If he bowled all three test matches, I probably would have gone eight. Because he only played two test matches, I'd probably go seven. Just a really solid performance. There was calls for Mahmood for a while. And you know what? I think we got it right. And I I think we get it right quite often against Australia. When we're getting battered, it can be almost be a detriment to bring guys in that are young and get smashed around. We've seen it happen with bowlers before. Mahmood did really well in this series. Should be a part of this, this team going forward. The interesting thing for this England team is... How do you fit everyone in? Assuming Ollie Robinson is fit enough to play a game of cricket sometime soon, he's probably your first choice change bowler. Then you've got Mahmood, then you've got Stokes. 
there's three, and then you need to work out who opens the bowling for you. Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad. Jack Leach, great. 11 wickets at 30. You can't look at him too harshly in the first two tests because no one did well with the ball. Um, and I thought he did a, a Herculean job with the ball. He just kept bowling and bowling and bowling. Great team guy. 53 runs at an average of 26 in the series from four innings. Two not outs as well. That 41 not out. Just what more do you want? The, the only thing is Parkinson in the background. Everyone knows that he can be a really, really good cricketer and they want to see him. But I'm really impressed with Jack Leach. I think this is one of his better series we've seen in a in a long time. I didn't give Dan Lawrence any credit for his bowling, but two wickets for 64 runs. He's a fill-in bowler for me. Graham Hick, come and bowl a few overs when we need you, mate. Mark Wood, one for 45, only played one test match. You can't really rate someone much on that. Uh, 102 strike rate. He did what Mark Wood does. He, he gave everything to the course. So I'm not going to give him a rating based on him being injured after one test match. Craig Overton, four wickets for 189 runs, 47 average, 97. I, four, three, might be going down to a three here. I, I just, this isn't test match quality opening bowling and he's not a test match quality opening bowler. He might do better in England, of course, but which England bowler generally wouldn't do better in England? I'm I'm yet to see one. So very disappointing. Chris, do I see Craig Overton in? No, I don't see Craig Overton in the lineup going forward. I, I don't. He can be around the squad and he can be a discussion point, but he's injury cover. He's your replacement to come in for an Ollie Robinson when Wokes is unavailable, when this guy's unavailable, when this guy's. That's that's where I see him at the moment. And I don't know how he gets better, to be honest. Like, I expected a huge amount of control from him, given the pace that he bowls and given the consistency he's shown in county cricket. But he went at 2.9 and over in a series where fast runs were really hard to get. So I just hugely disappointed. Did take three catches. I'll doff the cap to that. Uh, Chris Wokes, five wickets, average of 48. Can we can we all agree Chris Wokes is not good at cricket outside of England, test match-wise? And he hasn't been for a long time. He's, he's average over a long period of time. I think I said it in the last one. Over 30 test matches away from home, I think it was. He averages over 50. That's enough rope to look at someone and go, I understand what type of cricketer you are away from home. We've seen him take new balls. We've seen him take old balls. We've seen him play with his balls. We've seen it all. And I don't want to see it anymore. Joe Root filled in a couple of overs. Still not first choice spinner, Joe. Matt Fisher, one test match, one for 67. You know, the thing that I liked about Matt Fisher was that he was consistent. Line and length was really good. Got that wicket early. Didn't do a thing with the ball, which was a little bit takes you back a little bit when you're you're looking at it and you go, he didn't do a thing and he got given the new cherry. I was slightly disappointed with that. So that, that they're England ratings. Let me know. If you're listening on uh, YouTube, let me know in the comments below what you think about those England ratings. I just, the overarching feeling is it's disappointing, but the overarching feeling is I'm probably not going to change too much come the start of the summer unless someone goes on a hot streak in county cricket unless Jake Libby or Tom Haynes comes out and scores 1,000 runs before May. You know, well, I'm talking those sort of conversations. That's the only way I would change it. I think Dan Lawrence has done enough to be given a run in the England team, and I think he can actually be a really destructive player down the road once he's up to the level of being a Test Match quality cricketer. I think Root needs to stay at three. He's done well. He's averaged 50, 48, all right, but he's averaged 50 in Test Match cricket. Batting at number three, that's good enough. 
opener, I've still got question marks. I'm still not sold on Zach Crawley, the opener. I think he'll be highly destructive, batting at number four for us, a little bit down. Probably need to see a little bit better of him playing against spin because he did struggle. He got out seven times against left arm spin uh, over the last couple of years. So a little bit of wiggle room. You know Stokes is five. You know Bairstow six. Wokes, uh, sorry, Folks is going to be seven. There you go, Stokes, Wokes and Folks. Folks is going to be seven. And then you bowl in, I think, going forward, you've got to see Jimmy in this team. You imagine Jimmy Anderson bowling on that wicket. Just the gleam in his eyes after two absolute roads to come and have a bowl on that. Broaden Anderson, still in my eyes, give us our best opportunity to win games of cricket without a Mark Wood being fit, without a Joffrey Archer being fit. And remember, we're doing this without Wood, Archer, Robbins. Wood, Archer, Robinson, Stone. All four injured. Anderson, Broad, dropped. Six frontline bowlers dropped. And that takes us perfectly on to... Who, who the hell is responsible for this? And this is where my call on Joe Root. Joe Root, the player, world-class. Joe Root, the person, world-class. You know, daughter, bring home a boy like Joe Root. Happy man, happy dad. Joe Root, the captain, not sold on. Not sold on. And I haven't been for a long time. It's not like everyone's just jumping on the bandwagon. There's been talk of this a long time. And as a captain, yes, sure, you can only control so much. You can control the decisions that you're making. But my view, and I think one that is shared by a lot of people, Joe Root has a hell of a lot of influence over who's selected in these games, who's selected in this team, and who the hell was selected in this squad to go to the West Indies, which when we come back to it, was an absolute shambles. We know it was a shambles. You don't leave 1,100 wickets back in the UK because you're like, oh yeah, we're, we're trying something else, mate. You're a crap cricket team. You've been a bad cricket team for a long time and you've got to win test matches. Gotta win it. If you're Matt Fisher, you're Matt Fisher on tour. You're Saqib Mahmood on tour. Who do you want to talk to? I want to talk to Jimmy and Brody. They know the most. They've been around the block. They've done it all, seen it all, got every single t-shirt from around every test player nation. That's who you want to be working with. And if you're the West Indies, what do you want to see coming in? Oh yeah, Craig Overton and Chris Wokes bowling 80 mile an hour and just, you know, going at three, four and over. Or do you want Jimmy Anderson? who you know for the first 16 overs of the game is going to be absolute electric. Who do you want with that new ball? You imagine if we had Stuart Broad and Saqib Mahmood bowling with that old ball. Both of them do a decent job with that old ball, to be fair. Both of them attacking the stumps, trying to take wickets. I just think we're a better team for it. And I, it's not a case of going backwards because someone's made a decision. It's trying to work out what the right decision is. And the right decision is to have your best players on the pitch at the start of the summer. And that is against a New Zealand team, a New Zealand team that, in my opinion, isn't as strong as what it was a year ago. We've seen a, a gradual decline, I feel, around the quality of their performances. With the ball, it's still pretty good. But with the bat, there's a lot of question marks there. Got to be Anderson. Got to be Broad going forward. And as a captain, I'm not going to put a name in the hat and go, it's this guy or it's that guy. I've seen a lot of names banded around on Twitter. I know it shouldn't be Joe Root. Joe Root has not done. He's done a great job as a person, as a batsman. He's absolutely elite. But as a captain, it's not been good enough. Selection has not been good enough. And I hold him partially responsible for some of those things and wholly responsible for some of those things as well. So that's where we need to go forward. And that is where we need to go. And 
we we need to make a change. You know, there was someone who famously once said a change a change would do you good. And before we go, I just want to shine some light on the West Indies cricket team because they're a cricket team who has really really struggled, struggled for runs, struggled for wickets. They've had moments, but they've been ultimately inconsistent for a long period of time. And this is such a well-deserved victory for them. Yes, they won the last time I was there in 2018, 2019, whenever it was, they won 2-1. But they have stayed in the test match so well here. They, when you look at it, England batted first in all three tests. That's hard on the West Indies. England declared three times and West Indies still held strong and played for a draw in the first and second test. And this is the attrition of a test match series that's three, four, five test matches long. How do you win the series? Well, West Indies, we've played well. We've stayed in the game. We've played We've played for the draw cricket over that last day in the first and second test when we've needed to. And now we've taken control on the pitch that's offered our bowlers something different. And that is such a hard thing to do. And in the moment of a test match, it's things people can overlook Thinking that bigger picture. You imagine if it was an Ashes, those times where Jimmy and Monty is batting out a draw and it means the world. Just because it's not against the Aussies doesn't mean it doesn't mean the world to West Indies cricket to keep going, yep, we've got a draw. Yep, we've got a draw. We're in this. One test to play, let's go win this game. And they deserve so much credit from it. And so many guys have come out of it with huge amounts of credit. Four players have gone and scored 100 De Silva, Brathwaite, Bonner, and Blackwood. Four players, three players, sorry, Bonner, Brathwaite, and De Silva have all averaged over 40. Brathwaite averaged 85 opening the batting. 85 opening the batting. You're talking like Rohit Sharma type numbers in India when you start talking about 85 opening the batting. Yeah, they've seen a few disappointment. I think they've got an issue with John Campbell at the top. I'm not sold on him as a test match cricketer at the moment. Jason Holder wasn't great with the bat. Remember last time England toured there, Jason Holder, I think that was the time where he scored 200. So, you know, there's a slight regression there, but that's going to happen. He's not going to score 200 every time he plays against England. Regression to the mean is going to work out what his average is, but he averaged 23. But with the ball, I think West Indies again deserve credit. Myers, seven wickets at four. Blackwood, one wicket at six. That's fine. But then you get into the... You, you Wash your pants and socks. Kamar Roach, 11 wickets at 26. Seals, 11 wickets at 26. Strike rate of 55. Strike rate of 51. We spoke about Overton and Wokes. They are com- beautifully comparable players, both opening the ball in all three test matches. Wokes, Overton, 100, 100 plus. Not even close. Elzari Joseph had a really tough tour, I thought, but came back well in that third and final test. Jason Holder, four wickets at 59. Not a great time for Jason Holder, but did offer some control with a 2.43 economy rate. So I just I just think they deserve so much credit for what they've gone and achieved. And yeah, we know it's not a good England team. We're, we're all aware of that. But no one measures you on who you've just played against. It's did you win or not? And, you know, the if you're a batsman, What's your currency? Runs. Bowler, what's your currency? Wickets. Team, what's your currency? Winning games of cricket. And, you know, any other sport, I'm wearing my Washington Commanders hat. What are you judged on? You're judged on wins, not excuses of everything that's going on. And that is why when Chris Silverwood was around and they were doing a lot for player welfare, which is absolutely fantastic, what was he ultimately held account for? And it was the results on the pitch <coughs> selection going on. Out of this, England dropped down to fifth in the world rankings behind South Africa. And I think what's important when you look at this, 
And if I've still got a graphic, I'll bring it up. Australia, India, New Zealand, um, one, two, and three. England have lost against those teams home and away the last time they played them. Australia, they drew, sure. But this is where I'm going. Against top-tier teams, we're not very good. South Africa, I think we've got a home and away win. But then Pakistan, Sri Lanka, West Indies, Bangladesh, Zimbabwe, we've got decent performances away from home, either wins or draws, minus the West Indies. So fifth is probably right where we should be in the rankings. But it won't take a lot to change that. There's points up for grabs against New Zealand, playing against them. But when we play Pakistan... When we play West Indies again, you've got to keep performing and you've got to keep getting better. I think the sooner we realise and accept as England cricket fans that we are a mid-tier nation and what is expected of a mid-tier nation, the better and happier we'll be for it. But you say that, Bobby, you say that. What do you expect of a mid-tier nation? I expect to go and compete and win a test match in the West Indies. I do. West Indies is a hard place to beat. Beat the hard place to win. You know, we've won one in the last fifty years. Is it one series in fifty years? I still expected better about what I got out of the team during this test match, and we say that with the second best batter in the world, Joe Root. Second best batter in the world is Joe Root. Ninth best bowler, Jimmy Anderson. Nowhere to be seen. It's uh, it's a, it's a difficult it's always a difficult time for English cricket. You're always in this place where it's really hard to progress and and do better. But are we? And, and I keep coming back to it. Are we in a better position now than when we started this tour? Do we know more? I don't think we do know more, or I don't think we've got clarity. But maybe we know more that a few players may have ability, but we've not quite seen it yet. But I think we've learned about bowling and that we made an absolute monstrosity of a mistake around our selection. Again, this is a theme for 18, 24 months now. We made a mistake there and we need to rectify that when it comes to the summer and we need to start winning games of cricket somehow. We've we've just got to find a way to win games of cricket. If you imagine we have a really poor summer, the, the calls around the ECB and everything that they are doing wrong in cricket at the moment will just intensify tenfold because it means more when people are at home and people are watching it when it's going on away series quite often is for the hardcore it it really is now there was a great tweet by sir andy nash and the ecb are decimating english cricket the hundred an independent board county cricket has been marginalized t20 blast has been strangled the 50 over competition, which is, you know, I, I hold in really high regard, is now a second 11 competition with just whoever you can get on the pitch. We're bottom of the World Test Championship. 76 million of reserves have been squandered, most of that through COVID, keeping the game going, but also the huge amount of investment that's gone into 100, which they really want to be their flagship product that then they can copyright and sell around the world. 2.5 million the bonuses paid out to top management. Yorkshire, I don't even know where you start around Yorkshire, and EDI catastrophe. Now, what's EDI? Equality, diversity, and inclusion. We all remember uh, Ollie Robinson's des- debut test match. It's a, it's just a really, really difficult acceptance for really strong England fans to accept where we are and the issues that we've got going on. And I don't think we can always look back to it and go, how do we fix the county game? We need to take it up a level and we need to think, 
we are one of the most highly resourced countries in the world. Uh, people playing the game, money in the game, in test cricket. And we are bottom of the test world rankings. And I'm not quite sure how <laughs> how that's a thing. How can we be that poor where we find ourselves bottom? And it's not like we've got a chance of qualifying. We have played 13 test matches. Maybe we've played too many test matches. We'll play 13 test matches in this World Test Championship. Lost seven, drew four, won one, 18 points, 12.50 percentage. I don't really know. Number of points awarded, 12.50. We're bottom behind Bangladesh, West Indies, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, India, Pakistan, top four. Like We're not even anywhere near a conversation of trying to compete for the World Test Championship. And we roll that back to the previous one, 2017 to 2019, 2019 to 2021. We won four tests. We won four tests in 21 matches. Sorry, series won four. We won 11 tests in 21 matches. So we have regressed massively over this period of time. And yeah, we've played against good teams, but all we've learned is we're not a good team. So I'm going to wrap it up there. My rant's gone on long enough, guys. So if you'd like to follow us, we are available on Twitter all the time at Leading Edge Pod. You can catch us on the podcast anywhere, any platform that you try and listen to a podcast. And we are available on YouTube. I hope Rich is well, and we'll catch you guys next time.